Hey, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Uh, sorry for the delay, everybody. Uh, my wife is having some technical difficulties, but she's going to come in in a second. And uh, we're going to put her on camera. So uh, my apologies uh, that we were late. We were trying to uh, work with an audio issue. Uh, Aaron B., Allison, Bur Allison Burrell, Allison Ross, Anita Shelton, Armando Walls, Brandon Green, Curtis Powell, Denise Bryant. Uh, let's see. Elaine Johnson, Fanny. Good to see you. Harold. Uh, Henderson Goins, Calvin McWilliams, the fourth. Uh, good to see you. Uh, let's see here. I see Kim Hitchcock, Kathy Johnson, uh, Kenneth Muhammad, uh, Lawrence Cousins. Good to see everybody. So good to see you. So I want to say welcome uh, to you guys. And I, I, again, I apologize. We had to start a couple minutes late. Uh, this is uh, our first gathering of the Love and Money Lab. And Lab stands for Love and Bank Accounts. Love and Bank Accounts. We're going to talk about relationships and money which is uh, just really something that a lot of us uh, have dealt with. A lot of us are trying to solve these, these challenges. A lot of us are trying to figure it all out. And, uh, and let me just tell you, the, a big part of the reason why uh, I'm really proud of you for being here is because uh, you guys are probably as aware as I am of all the really bad advice that exists on the internet and all the people online that are just given the horrible advice. I think, I think I just saw a video from a lady who said nobody should date anyone. A man should never date anyone unless he makes at least $50,000 a year. Now, some of y'all may agree. I don't know, but, but if I personally think my wife would have a few things to say about that. And, uh, and I know that if, um, I, 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 I think that uh, that's kind of a limited perspective, right? And the question is, where did, where does that information come from, right? Where does that knowledge come from? If you want to call it knowledge, uh, you know, it, it comes from people shooting from the hip. It comes from people giving their personal opinions based on their personal experience. And that's not always the best way to get knowledge and information when you're trying to make important decisions. And, uh, and so, uh, so, so what we decided to do in the black business school was to uh, just, you know, pull together our collective uh, skill sets. And, uh, and I get a chance to work with my wife and she's the cutest thing in the world and she's super smart and I love hanging out with her. And so, so that's, that's, that's what led us to do this. So what I'm going to do is check on her, Alicia, are, how are you doing on, uh, on the audio? Have, have, are you able to, uh, to get get some audio going, babe. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. You know what? Use whatever microphone you got, and we'll just we can just work with that. Okay. Okay. Can and what I'm gonna do? Me? Can anybody see? Uh, I'm going to pull. I'm going to ask you to start your video. There we go. I just hit a button so you can start your video. Hey, Shamil, Shamil, Shamuel. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm I'm sure I messed up your name, and I apologize for that. Uh, maybe you got to help me when, when we meet in person, hopefully we'll meet maybe at the all black national convention and you can, um, smack me upside the head and tell me how to pronounce your name. So I apologize if I messed that up. Hey, KP, good to see you. Melody, Matt, Marty. Uh, so how you doing today, babe? How you feeling? I'm good. You were, you were doing something else before this? You had another conversation? I did. I did. We did a, uh, we did a private uh, consultation with some of the students from the Prime program. Uh, the Prime program is our passive recurring income machine. That's where we do stock options. Uh, in case anybody wants to see that, uh, if you want to learn how to make money with stock options, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Uh, and you can actually text the word money to 87948. Uh, text money to 87948. And I'll send you a training called how to make money without working. And uh, and let, let me just tell you, um, if, if you don't uh, look into this, 
I feel bad for you because uh, this is actually how uh, my, my family makes our money. We, and this is not me BSing you. This is uh, something that makes a lot of money for us. And it's something that requires some risk management. But stock options should not intimidate you. It should not scare you. It's something that I can explain to you. So if you're interested, uh, just text the word money to 87948. I'll send you a link to the training. If you do what I say, I guarantee that you'll 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 have more income. And if you don't have more income, then just let us know. We'll, we'll give you a refund. We, we are not here to uh, to hustle anybody. We're not here to talk you into doing something that's not going to benefit you. Uh, our goal, one of the things we do in our lab is we sit back and we try to figure out what do our people need? What do our folks need? What are, what are our biggest challenges? How do we help solve that? Now, Alicia, how is your audio? Because you were a little bit choppy a second ago, babe. Are you good now? Choppy? How's my audio now? Does this sound uh, I think you're okay. Can everybody hear? Okay. Give Alicia a yes if you can hear. Uh, hear Alicia, okay? Oh, okay. Keep keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. Can you hear me? Do you want me to say something about your financial position? Maybe I should say something and then see if someone can hear me. Can you? Hear yes. Me? Am I loud? Yes, you are. I can hear you now. Are you using okay. the, Are you using the old, the old the other microphone or using a different one? I'm just the one you brought me. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. So 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 let's let me let you do some talking. I've done a little bit of yapping. Uh, so tell me, babe, uh, what do you see in terms of 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 you know some of the challenges with regard to love and money that we can overcome and some of the benefits of overcoming those challenges? Yeah, I mean, well, part of it is to be able to recognize that those challenges is uh, an instance where you can see the challenge and then work together with people you know. It could be a loved one. It could be people in your family to be able to recognize it feel comfortable enough to articulate it and talk about it with people. There is no reason why in this day and age that we should struggle with money alone. We got the information age, we got AI and all this information. It's always important to be able to reach out to individuals who know better, like us boys. I mean, we have the credentials, we have the skills, we have the experience to give people everything that they need in order for them to overcome some of the challenges. And just because you're challenged, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Like don't internalize that. You should be proud of whatever financial position that you're in right now. Be proud of how far you've come and make this as an opportunity to set goals for how well you can position yourself in the future. So getting mm. like good outlook of where you are, you, there's it's never perfect. There's always things that need to be calibrated and adjusted and new rules come out, new government policies and guidelines come out. It's just staying on top of it and having a system in place from which you can make the best financial decision that you can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like what you said because I like the fact that you um that you encourage us to forgive ourselves for not being perfect. Right. Like I, I, I want you know, I want to just mention that because a lot of times people think, especially when we come along and, you know, we got all our credentials and stuff. And 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 sometimes and I didn't realize this until I, I met a lot of you in person at the convention and stuff like that. Some people put you on a pedestal and think that you that you, that you don't make mistakes, that that you're just in a place they can never be and all that. And that's just not true. I, I, I really want to make it make it clear that everybody makes mistakes. Uh, I know I make mistakes all the time. Uh, I know that we have ups and downs and challenges as a couple, as in, in business and money and all that. And a lot of times it's not about trying to be perfect. So ain't no perfect people up in here. Give me a yes. Everybody who is not perfect, put a yes in the chat. All the imperfect people, 
just go ahead and just stop and just lay lay down at the altar and admit like we ain't got it right. Some of us have it less right than others, but that's okay because you're here. You're doing the work. That's what makes you perfect in my eyes is that you are perfectly trying your best <laughs> to improve yourself. Because if you come in here talking about you perfect, then you're, this is not the place for you. This is not a place for perfect people. Perfect people should not be here because perfect people are going to keep on going out thinking they're perfect and messing things up. Uh, it is that first acceptance of the, of the fact that that we're less than perfect and and then a commitment to improving on those imperfections, right? Is, is that what, would, would you agree with that, babe? Oh, I absolutely agree. It's like I am in week six of this boot camp that meets at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I am just, I can't believe, like I couldn't even do a one pull up. I couldn't, I can't even climb the rope. You have to climb, climb a rope all the way to the top, like in gym class. And I couldn't believe how weak one, how weak I was. I could not do anything. I could barely do a push up. And just this week we were doing all these drills and I had no idea. I'm like, wow, I just climbed halfway up the rope. I couldn't even pull myself up there during week one. So I'm thinking about the progress I made unbeknownst to myself thinking, oh my God, I'm slow, I'm weak, but I got stronger by trusting the process of not even thinking about it, just showing up to boot camp. And I think, okay, you know what? I'm in a better position than people who decided to sleep in in the morning and not go to the gym. So yeah, you rate yourself against how you used to be in your own progress and not compare yourself to other people. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. You know, so 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 let's aim for that middle ground, right? We're, we're not going to beat ourselves up for being imperfect. And we're not going to shield ourselves from the work to to improve by by covering up that insecurity by pretending like we're perfect, right? That's that's what I've noticed. Either people lose all their confidence and they don't do anything, or they become over seemingly overconfident as a as as sort of an escape from having to actually do the work to improve. So uh, so so under that scope, with that uh, agreement in mind. Let's just get started. Okay, let's, so so you are the first uh, people to have ever been introduced to what we're doing, uh, this Love and Money Lab concept. This is something uh, my wife and I uh, thought about extensively uh, during our recent trip. Uh, we, went on, we went to the Super Bowl, and I had been thinking about this for a long time, uh, but I, I said, you know what, I think this is the time to actually do it. So we decided to launch something called the Love and Money Lab, and Lab, L-A-B stands for Love and Bank Accounts. And it has to do with anybody that wants to have healthy relationships with other people, not just romantic relationships, not just people that are married, not just people that are dating. I'm talking about any person in your life that you want to get along with from your business partners to your sister, to your, uh, your, your, your cousin, uh, to anybody, to the mailman. And, uh, and so what we decided to do was to uh, basically help figure out what some of our greatest problems are and how we can solve them. And really understand, as you guys know, in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, I talk extensively about how the black family is a multi-million dollar asset that gets wasted every single year. Every time there's a broken family, every time there's a busted relationship, money gets lost. Money gets lost. Uh, in fact, actually, um, right now, for example, you think about uh, how many of y'all saw the Super Bowl? Did anybody see Usher perform at the Super Bowl, how great he was? Right. And you saw he he has all these great people that he was able to work with to do this excellent Super Bowl performance. He worked with Ludacris and Alicia Keys and all these people. He has these great relationships with through the years. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you another question. How many of you think that if Outcast was still together, they could they would be considered to be legitimate candidates 
to uh, to host the Super Bowl. If if Outcast was performing at the Super Bowl, give me a yes. If you would love to watch Andre 3000 and Big Boy go up on stage and bring together their friends from from the Dungeon family, Killer Mike, who just won three Grammys. Killer Mike's a friend of ours. Uh, you know, how many how many of y'all would love to see a performance like that? I know I would. I know I would. And how many of y'all know enough about hip hop to know why that performance will never happen? Well, it's because the relationship fell apart. <laughs> Andre and Big Boy, for whatever reason, don't want to work together. You know, you know, they, I don't know why, but that relationship fell apart. So literally millions of dollars that could be made isn't being made because for whatever reason they're choosing, they're not on the same page. Now, again, it's not that anybody's to blame. Maybe it was supposed to happen, but there are plenty of scenarios where it didn't have to happen. And so the ability to manage relationships will help you financially in every single way. Also, damaged relationships can harm you financially because that's when people start fighting. When they start fighting, they start destroying each other. So uh, just look at some of what's going on right now with some of these comedians. And and I I saw Monique on um on uh, Shake Club Shay Shay, and then immediately her son goes online and says, "My mama this and my mama that," and it just it just it just ends up looking crazy, right? So so let's let's jump into this. Okay, so why are we here? And Dr. Alicia, I'm going to pause every call. She knows, my baby knows I talk a lot. So I'm going to pause every now and then let her just jump in. You jump in with your therapeutic expertise and uh, add anything that I'm missing. Uh, so why are we here? Number one, financial stress is a relationship killer. Lots of relationships die from financial stress. From what I understand, uh, maybe you can tell me, babe, uh, what what does the data say in terms of the uh, the percentage of marriages and stuff like that that fall apart due to financial problems or where do, where do financial problems rank in the hierarchy of relationship stresses just in marriage alone? Yeah, I mean, it's financial problems is the number one reason why divorces happen. That's a hard reason why divorce happens in general. But with African-American families, it is so interesting because I came across this data where African-American families, it is essential. So there was this study, this national longitudinal study of youth, and they followed people, it was longitudinal, so they followed people over 40 years. So they began in the 1970s, and they're still continuing this now, so it's been over 40 years. And they were interested in, why is it that African Americans have such a higher divorce rate among this group than Hispanics and even white families? And they looked at the background characteristics and they found that if the family was able to stay together when the children were by the age of 14. So when children in African-American families were able to stay together so that that child can go all the way through through high school, that the when they grow up, their divorce rate was cut in half by 50%. So you eliminate the divorce rate just by being raised in the family where you had two people there contributing to the household. And then they looked at another factor, financial stability. If the, if the family was financially stable, African-American family, two-parent household and financially stable, that cut the divorce rate to almost zero. And this was only relevant for African-American families. It was not the case for white families. It was not the case for Hispanic families. But when they factored in, raising in a household where families are together, that's the love part, and financial stability, that was also the financial part, 
it means a lot to all families, but for African-American families only in this study, it was essential, brought the divorce rate almost to zero. I thought that was really profound. I sent the article to Voice. I was like so excited because I'm like, this is our article, Voice. This is what we already knew inside was important for us. But it's nice to know that we got data to support what we already know is happening. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think that's that's really fascinating. So it really just kind of speaks to that whole ain't nothing going on but the rent kind of thing. And that, and you know, and I know you've written you've written books on financial anxiety and things like that. And I can imagine, and what I've seen is that that stress of money problems, that stress of financial insecurity just weighs heavily on a relationship. And I, I think that's uh, that's an area where I hope we can contribute because uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I mean, marriage and all that stuff is already tough enough. But then when you throw in financial problems on top of that, it becomes almost unbearable. So uh, we're here because financial prob financial stress can be a relationship killer. Uh, we're also here because bad relationships will also kill your finances. So it's like a back and forth process. One infects the other uh, from what I've observed that if you uh, if your if your money is unstable, that will harm your relationship. And if your relationship is unstable, that will harm your money. Give me a yes if you follow that. I want us to meditate on this. We do financial consciousness training every morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. And I want everybody that is financially conscious to let me know that you understand that. If you can think of an example, I want you to process an example where somebody got in a bad relationship and it messed them up financially. Uh, it might be, you know, the crazy ex that comes to your job to embarrass you. It might be uh, the money that you spent on the divorce. It might be the fact that you couldn't focus on your business and had to let everything go because you were so stressed out in the relationship that you weren't able to really work hard anymore. It might be uh, it might be the relative that uh, that wanted to borrow money for business and that relative because they were not a good relative, uh, were not a good steward of your money. So a lot of these things happen uh, on a regular basis. Also, uh, a lot of people don't even know what's really going on, in my opinion. Um, I think that uh, that a lot of us don't. We, we have these traumas and we have these tragedies that happen all the time. And we just kind of think that we got unlucky or that we got to pray harder at church or we got to just wait for things to get better. And I don't believe that, uh, babe. I want you to feel free to jump in on this. I think that that a more proactive approach might be to say that there are solutions out there. If I go look for them, then I can actually make my life better. I don't have to have the same experience that people before me had. I, I can actually confront and break that generational curse, correct? Yeah, and you know what? Um, as you were talking about that, I don't know if it came became clear to me in the moment there was one factor to, that was kind of the glue to all of the scenarios you just laid out. What would make you in a relationship want to go and go at somebody's job and, and and embarrass them in front of their employee? What would make you want to get into a fight with somebody and take the credit card and charge up the credit card? There's one essential key piece there that I spend a lot of my time dealing with when I work with clients. Do you know what that key piece was, Voice? Did it become evident for you? No? No, tell me. The key piece for me is emotions. Oh. I feel like love and money is so tied together for us, especially when you talk about trauma, is emotions. It's not being able to be in control of emotions. You get triggered and you go do things that is stupid. Nobody behaves more silly than a married couple getting divorced. 
you do the dumbest things. It's almost like you need to forgive yourself for that because you do things that is so out of character. You mm -hmm. spend money and do things and lawyers know this and they profit off of this and <laughs> they make money and it takes money away from the children. You don't even really need to have a lawyer. You and your spouse, if you decide to part, you can just decide, here's how we're going to do it. It's going to be fair. You can take emotion out of it because the relationship is over and really come up with something really nice so that the children don't have to suffer because people get so much into their feelings and they don't know how to regulate themselves. And that's how you make impulsive, stupid, really decisions when it comes to love and money. And a lot of us do when we're not able to control ourselves or calm down. <laughs> Sound <laughs> that that you, you said a mouthful with that one because um you know i i can tell you that if you ever want to lose a lot of money in business just be an irrational highly emotionally driven person like just be a person that can't control your your, your emotions eventually something's going to happen that's going to cost you a whole lot and uh and so that that ability to regulate and have a process for regulation is incredibly invaluable uh, it's one of the reasons why I, I I I think therapy is something that we definitely don't we want to stop stigmatizing that. Uh, it, therapy is not just for crazy people. It's not just for people who aren't tough enough to figure it out on their own. Therapy is for anybody that wants to be a better person. Um, I I love therapy and I love learning therapeutic techniques because therapists have insights into how the brain works and how the body works and how the brain and the body work together and how to just be the person that you want to be. You know, a lot of us, we, we make choices uh, because we live in this impulsive society that encourages us to just go off and just do whatever we feel like doing in the moment. And I like the fact that my therapist helped me learn how to just take a deep breath and sit back and think things through and and relax and let myself get less regulated. Or if I get in the middle of a heated argument to just understand little things like how when you're elevated like that, you, you know, my wife will tell you when you get elevated in an argument. That ain't the time to finish arguing. That's not the time really to try to make your point because ain't nobody listening to anybody. You're not listening to her. She's not listening to you. <laughs> Y'all need to call a timeout, walk away before you say something you're going to regret. And then when you come back and you talk about it later, you'll be a different person. So learning these little things can make all the difference and it can help you save uh, some of those really important relationships. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, open up the slides again and, um, so let's 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 move forward here. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about the Love and Money Lab. Okay. So the Love and Money Lab, LAB stands for Love and Bank Accounts. Uh, that's something my wife and I wanted to do because we really felt that there was a a need. We we couldn't think of anybody. We 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 can't think of any two professors that are married that are out that have PhDs in finance and and social work. I mean, my wife trains therapists. She's not just a therapist. She trains therapists on how to be therapists. And I said, how cool would it be if we worked together and really dissected this thing and really looked for best practices and did our absolute best to market the very best ideas to as many people as possible so that we can help heal our families. Uh, and so basically it's designed to uh, use money to improve, improve your relationships, not to ruin them. Also, uh, uh, it's built to, uh, the lab is built to learn how to build relationships that also build your wealth. Uh, I've talked extensively in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, about how healthy relationships will, will build your wealth if you are, are smart about that. Uh, also, it's based on scientifically proven research methods, so not somebody just 
uh, swinging from the hip on the internet or some 29 year old who is, who looks cute on camera, who's saying everything that you want to hear. <laughs> so you think, so you actually go apply this advice to your real life. And next thing you know, you end up poisoning your relationships. We look at the science. My wife is big on the data. She always talks about the data. And, uh, and she is a person who, uh, you know, the thing about being a professor is you don't stop studying when you finish school. You, in fact, after you finish school is when the real study begins. So she's constantly consuming information on this topic. So I said, let's let's see what we can do with this. And it's also mixed with practical life experience. My wife and I have been married for three years and we have kids and we are solving a lot of the same problems many of you are. Some of you don't have a spouse and kids yet. And again, remember, this is not just about romantic relationships. This is just about any relationship that matters to you. Uh, in any scenario that matters to you in terms of finances. So everybody wants to be loved. Everybody needs money. So really this conversation is for everybody who uh, who wants to be smarter at this kind of thing. Uh, babe, I'll let you uh, say something before I move on. I think um, I think fear, I keep talking about emotion because I'm the therapist in here. I think fear really keeps us from really embracing some of these tough conversations about money it really, it, you know, we're just scared about being judged and about um, going online and seeing all of these conversations about your value is based on your money. And you know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, right. you're only valuable if you have so much money in your bank account and so only valuable when you possess these things. And I just think that people are just ashamed by some of their history and some of their stories and some people are ashamed about where they come from. And I think that keeps a lot of us from having conversations that we really need to have. And, you know, that's something that I think, I think is essential in relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And so, uh, so one of the things that we wanted to do with the lab is, uh, is to really yeah, just sort of come to you also. And, and we could use your help in terms of helping us to figure out what problems you want to solve and how we can best help you. I know that a lot of you listen to Pillow Talk, uh, the podcast my wife and I have. And uh, and and so and we appreciate all of you and we love talking to all of you. So uh, you can help us build out this lab to make it um, to make it as beneficial as possible to as many people as possible. OK, so let's keep going here. All right. So uh, so moving on uh, to the next slide. There we go. Uh, so so this this is kind of cool. Um, I, I can't find and maybe you guys can let us know if you find anybody out there. I don't know of any other married couple where one person has a doctorate in finance, the other has a doctorate or is, is a licensed therapist, has a doctorate in social work uh, that is getting together to do this. And this is so this is not just a black thing. This is really true black excellence, in my opinion, because black excellence means just excellence, period. It's not just that we're just good in spite of being black. Uh, I don't know of any white people that are doing this. I think even even the Gottmans, babe, that are known for all their relationship stuff. I don't know if they're both doctorates, but neither one of them has a PhD in finance. So um, so yeah, so I'm 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 really good at that stuff. So I so I think that we can come up with some innovative ideas. I know just regular conversations uh, that we have are pretty interesting. So let me tell you a little bit about my wife. I'm gonna let her fill in the blanks, but uh, I'm gonna brag about my baby for a minute. And it's Valentine's Day, so I love you, and I I really love bragging about the smart black woman I had the honor of being married to. Uh, she's been a licensed therapist for over 20 years. 
Uh, she's a full professor of social work. Now, just it, it's for me to just give my wife her flowers. She's going to be embarrassed. She'll never tell you this, but very few PhDs become full professors. Very few PhDs. So only 1% of the population gets a PhD. I'm talking about real PhDs, the ones that take four or five years to get. Uh, we went through hell. I think you said that there were five black students in your program when you started, and you were the only one that graduated. I was the only one that graduated. <laughs> yeah, like... year, I was in a doctoral program for five years, and every year one got picked off. And then it was down to me, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I was ready." I yeah, so so ready. so we we know so we can we can confirm that the racism doesn't disappear just because you're on a college campus, and uh, and and you know and and, uh, and I in my same experience, I, there was no other black African American male or female on earth that finished their PhD when I did in 2002. But I knew people that started, they just didn't make it because, I mean, it's really, really hard. And uh, and so not only did she get the Ph.D., which is very rare, but she actually got tenure and then she became a full professor. There aren't that many black female full professors in the country. So I just I hope it's OK. I hope you all forgive me for bragging on my wife because I'm just super proud of you and I see how hard you work. And I just want to acknowledge that. Um, uh, also, she's the only Fulbright winner in the history of the University of St. Francis. So if y'all remember us back in 2017, we, when we went to Guyana, that was why, because she won a Fulbright. She called me to tell me that she was going to Guyana. And and I remember you called me and you were like, oh my God, boys, I got the Fulbright. I'm going to Guyana. And it didn't, we were dating at the time. We had just started dating. And, and it didn't even cross my mind that maybe you wanted to go by yourself. I just, I was just like, okay, so when we leaving, <laughs> like when we leave, I'm not, I'm not letting you go to no third world country by yourself ever, you know, like that's not going to happen. And, uh, and so we went to Guyana and it was, it was great. It was an interesting experience. And we met a lot of yeah, good my people. Mom, my mama loved you forever for that. Cause you know, she ain't going to be able to sleep. I got a typical black mama. She was like, I can now rest easy. <laughs> There's a man in there with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love your mama, by the way, everybody loves Nana. And so, um, so she's written some books. Uh, you guys can take a look. I actually put them on my website at drboycebooks.com. So you can feel free to go take a look at any of Dr. Alicia's books and workbooks. She has excellent science-driven workbooks that you can apply. Anybody can apply at any age. Uh, Drama-free conversations. A lot of people, a lot of uh, couples especially have trouble communicating, but there are lots of relationships, period, where communication becomes a barrier. That's uh, that's a huge problem. So she actually did uh, a workbook called Drama-Free Communications, or drama, sorry, Drama-Free Conversations. Uh, she also did another one called Secrets of the Drama-Free Family. Uh, how many of y'all got drama in your family? Give me a yes. If you've seen family drama and it gets on your nerves, how many of y'all just want to break away from that? Uh, give me a yes. Let's just declare this a drama-free zone. Cause I know I don't like it. Uh, I had drama in my family, you know, just crazy stuff happening, things that were dysfunctional, uh, problematic abuse, mistreatment, uh, all kinds of toxic behavior that occurred. And I'm just, I, I just curse it to the root right now. I don't, I don't want to carry that forward because that just creates stress and anxiety. Uh, she also does one called uh, the drama free marriage. Um, she's big on marriage. Uh, not marriage may not be for everybody, but for those of you that choose to get married, uh, it, that institution has to be managed just like any other asset, any other any other thing in your life. And also she has something on overcoming financial anxiety, uh, financial anxiety. She she completed that workbook because there's a lot of uh, anxiety that comes along with financial stress, financial insecurity. This is not just a problem in the black community. It's just accelerated in the black community. It exists all throughout America. Now, babe, uh, since I oh, and, and then also Dr. Alicia's Healing Haven. Now, did you have anything to say? I did all this talking about you while you're right here. Did you have anything you wanted yeah. to add? Any any nuance to that? Well, I mean, these books are workbooks. So it's something that, of course, there's material to read, but there's things in there that you can do. 
you know, things that can help you discover who and what you are. What type of communicator are you? How do you manage drama in your family? How do you have conversations about expectations for marriage? You're worried about money. What do you do with that? Like, how do you determine if you, if it is an issue and what you can do? So I love it because it raises awareness. Even the Healing Haven, and I meet with my Healing Haven groups, group members every month, but even that is just like being able to recognize some of the things that we do and how it's related to traumatic instances in your past. So it's a workbook. And so it's put out there so that you can have tools and things that you can digest and pass along with your family members. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're muted, boys. I am muted. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to jump through. Uh, there's also this guy named Boyce who happens to be here, and I'm going to quickly bounce through that really quick so that we'll know. Oh, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention my wife is also a certified trauma specialist. She gets all these certifications all the time. So trauma, and that was really interesting to me because that was when I became educated on how deep, how deeply embedded trauma is in our community and also the consequences of trauma and how trauma is undiagnosed and untreated. But believe me, every time you see uh, our folks acting crazy in public or crazy with each other, I just see trauma now. That's all I see is, oh, that's trauma. That's a trauma response, right? And a lot of us don't see that. So here are a few things about me. Uh, I was the only African-American in the world to earn a PhD in finance during the year 2002. So I've been a, a professor for a long time. I've taught at some different institutions, University of Kentucky, The Ohio State University, Indiana University, and Syracuse. That's where I learned. I, I did a lot of my finance teaching. I've taught a ton of different classes. Also, uh, I'm the author of a book that was a bestseller called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I know a lot of you have that book. Uh, you can get a copy at Amazon, Audible, Dr. Boyce Books, stuff like that. It also has a study guide to go with it. And we study that book every morning uh, in our financial consciousness training. So if you want to get invited to that, uh, just text text the word stock to 87948 and I'll send you an invitation. And then also we founded something called the Black Business School. The Black Business School was something I created after I left Syracuse because I had one goal. I felt like one mission that I had was to take what I knew about finance, uh, make it simple and apply it to as many people that want to listen, as many people out there that want to learn. Just before this this meeting, for example, I was sitting with uh, a, a group of, 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 of brothers and we were talking for an hour about generating income from stock options and stuff like that. There's so much opportunity out here to make money. Uh, it just takes a little bit of time and you have to sort of be committed to it. But believe me, there's so much stuff out here and I encourage you to really get your kids ready. It's one thing the Black Business School does that no one else does is we educate the children. We don't want you to just come to class by yourself. We want you to bring the babies because if you're if you're learning this at 30, 40, 50 years old and you're loving this and it's elevating you, imagine what it does for an eight-year-old. You know, you're setting them on a trajectory to just absolutely conquer and to be so successful in life and to be so happy and, and to express so much, uh, so much success, peace and love to so many people. Uh, it's it, we're literally building superheroes. We, that's the goal. I want to I want to create a whole generation of superheroes that are out here just kicking butt and taking names. That's why we created the Black Business School. We also have the first ever Black Financial Therapy Department. My wife gave me the idea to do that. So uh, we connected with lots of therapists to really talk about the psychological barriers that come to building Black wealth and Black family and really focusing specifically on the black community. So uh, nobody else is doing Harvard's not doing this. Yale's not doing this. The HBCs are not doing this, but we're doing this and we're doing it independently uh, without government and corporate sponsorship. We're doing this in the community because that's where you can make the best recipe for a quality, high quality black education. That's what we do. So let's keep going here. So what are we going to do today? 
All right. Well, very quickly, very simple. Uh, we're going to explain the three biggest love and money mistakes made by couples and individuals seeking to build healthy relationships. So we're going to tell you uh, about some things you should not do. That's a great way to learn. I learned most of the things I learned in life by talking to people who said, don't do what I did. Uh, also, we're going to offer solutions. We're very solution oriented. Uh, we don't, you know, unfortunately, we have a society where sometimes people think that if you complain about a problem, that's the same as solving it. No, that's not true. There are solutions out there. And a lot of the problems that you see in relationships are easily solvable. It's just nobody went to go find the solution. They just sort of tried to find the solution internally. And sometimes your culture does not readily provide the tools that you need to solve that particular problem. But we'll help you with that. Also, we're going to give you an opportunity to continue training with us. If your goal is to really master uh, the art of relationships and money, uh, the Love and Money Lab is something that's designed to help you do that. All right. So uh, number one, here's mistake number one. I'm, I'm going to talk a second. Then I'm going to let my wife take over. Uh, not communicating about finances. Now, I'm going to ask you all a quick question. Give me a yes or no. How many of you have ever seen somebody get in a relationship where they don't even know the basics about their partner's financial situation? They don't know uh, their credit score. They don't know how much money they make. They think they make money, but really they don't because they, they, they had a nice car and a nice apartment, so they thought they were doing well, but really they weren't. They didn't know what their financial goals were. Maybe they married, they dated you so they could lock you down so they could quit their job. And then they quit their job as soon as you get married because you never talked about it. How many of you have seen this? Or maybe you've done this. Maybe you've gone through this. I mean, I want you to think about this, right? Everybody talks about compatibility. They talk about spiritual compatibility and, and uh, emotional compatibility and sexual compatibility. But people don't really talk about financial compatibility because they don't know how to have those conversations. So a lack of communication about finances gets you in trouble. So questions that I might ask is, well, do you know, do you even know what her credit score is? Right. Uh, a lot of people get, they, they have kids and get to get to doing the Uchi coochie and everything. And they don't even know, they don't even know what they're dealing with. Right. And in my book, financial lovemaking, I make reference to what I call a financial STD. There are people that are bringing financial problems into your space, financial STDs in your life, and you don't even know it. Uh, and so, so what else uh, do you know about his student loan debt? Maybe he's got an insane amount of debt to the point where that debt has become toxic and it's going to inhibit you for the next 30 years. But now you're married. Now you're together. You don't, you know, you, now you got to deal with that. Uh, do you know her spending habits? Sometimes a spender will specifically look to marry a saver or an investor so they can have more money to spend. So they want you to be fat, full, and abundant financially so they can literally suck the life out of you financially. No, no, no. Right? I don't know if it's a conscious thing, though, voice. I'm not, okay. people seek out, I think spenders and savers just naturally get together. So I think it, I, I don't mm. think it's a conscious thing. I don't think that spenders are like, let me find somebody that I can mooch off of. It's it's subconscious. You don't know why you're so attracted. You're always attracted to the one thing you don't have. So spenders are attracted to savers because they know deep down inside that they really need to save more. And savers are attracted to spenders because spenders are fun. Mm. <laughs> That's more exciting than to go to Las Vegas with somebody like Boyce, who is a spender. He's an investor too, but he's a, more of a spender than I am. But he's a lot of fun when you go places with him because he's like, go for it, yes. And I'm just like, oh no, can we afford this? He's like, yes, we can. <laughs> so yeah. What? Well, you know what? I, I, I'll admit in some areas, I might be a little more cynical than my wife. Um, you know, cause I, cause I've seen the, the, you know, the gold digging culture, if I'm a gold digger and I want to, and I want to spend money, especially money that's not mine and money I did not earn, 
I'm specifically going to be consciously wanting. I'm not going to look for the broke person to get to get with. Right? If I'm a spender, I, I, but I, I get your point, though. I get your point. It, I, I'm sure a lot of it's subconscious. But but really, you know, every parasite needs a host. Every parasite needs. A, and, and, and I am a spender. I spend more than you. But I yeah. but I have but when you and I got together, we both had our money. Right. We both had made some money. So it wasn't such a big deal. But imagine if I had no money. Imagine if I was unemployed. And I was spending like that. I don't think that would be allowed in our house. <laughs> I think that would be a different conversation. So, so, but still though, I mean, we see lots of scenarios where, uh, where it's, it's tough because you're trying to run down the street and you're now you, instead of running and making progress, you're, it's like you're running on a treadmill because the more you save and the more you spend, the more that person is taking. Um, it reminds me of when I wrote the book, financial lovemaking and there was, uh, and I was really, I was really educated on, just how angry uh, a lot of people, especially women get when men are financially irresponsible. And there was one woman who told me that she was saving money under the bed for her daughter's college. She was literally putting $20 here, $10 there, whatever. And her husband was going right behind her and taking the money out and using it for his lunch money. And so, so she was wondering why the bucket wasn't getting any bigger. She said, wait, we've been saving this thing for two years and there's nothing else. There's nothing. It doesn't look like it's grown at all. And she found finally her husband fessed up that he was taking the money and using it for lunch. She was going to divorce him. Mm -hmm. She was divorced. She said, she said, wait a minute. So you literally ate and crapped out our daughter's future. And she didn't say the word crap. She said the other word. I'm just not going to say it. But she literally was like, you ate and crapped out our daughter's future. So she was so mad at him. That, so that was almost like a, like, would that fit under the category of financial infidelity, babe? Let me tell you, financial infidelity is much tougher to get over than sexual infidelity. When it comes to relationships, couples can get over cheating. But they it's very, very difficult for them to get over spending your money in a way where we didn't decide on it and you went behind my back and spent money because think about it. If financial, I mean, uh, sexual infidelity, it really just affects the relationship, you know? So you can kind of get over that. But financial infidelity affects, affects the entire household. Now the baby can't go to college. Now the lights are turned off. We ain't got Christmas for Johnny. So when women, and it's mostly women, but not always because women, have some shopping addictions that they need to calm down but when it affects the whole household and it starts to affect the children that's when a lot of women in particular take offense they're like you can mess over me and i can deal with it but you're not about to f over my kids and that's mm. it like those it's hard to come back from something like that Wow. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I learned a lot when I wrote that book. Um, yeah, I wrote, in fact, um, I'm going to give you, but remind me before we're done, I'll, I'll put the link in the chat where you guys can have a free e-copy of the book. And if you want an actual physical copy, you can get a copy at drboysbooks.com. But because you guys came out, I'll give you, um, just as a gift to us, uh, I'll, I'll give you, or get just a, as a token of appreciation, I will give you the link where you can actually download a free e-copy. And we also have a, a black love challenge that you guys can do. Uh, if that's something that's of interest to you. All right, so let's keep going here. Um, also, or or maybe other questions. Did you know that he gambles away 50% of his paycheck? I've spoken to you guys about the growth in sports betting. They tend to uh they tend to market heavily to men 34 and under. There's something about being under 34. It's interesting because 35 happens to be the point where male testosterone starts to drop. At age 35, I don't know if you know this, babe, but at age 35. 
a man's testosterone drops by about 1% per year. So they, I remember specifically, remember when we were on the airplane and we watched that 60 minute story where the therapist was saying that he's now getting an office full of all these clients that are gambling addicts because they've been mass marketing the sports betting apps. And, uh, and, and only, and you have to be at a certain age and a certain stage of life and have gone through certain experiences to understand how deadly a gambling addiction can be, how bad it can be, you know, where you've seen people take their own lives over a gambling addiction, lose the house, uh, lose their whole family over it. So, so these little things are really important. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? No. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the impulsivity at that age and, and how they get you, I mean, even I didn't get the gamble when I was in Las Vegas, but I could see the sounds and the music and the marketing. I'm very disappointed that they're using a lot of black celebrities to market this gambling situation with everybody. And um, I, it just makes me feel like, good grief, this is gonna be yet another issue we're gonna have to dive into and tackle on top of all the other issues that we're faced with. Uh, you know, they're marketing it specifically to our community. And that really is very upsetting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's going to be another epidemic. And so uh, those of you that want to be financially conscious and ahead of the curve, just be on the lookout for that, you know, be careful with your, your own money. And then also uh, be careful with who you link up with, because that, that could be a real problem. All right. So let's keep going. Uh, mistake number two, believing that money will solve all relationship problems. That if we have money, then there's nothing to argue about. Actually, they uh, some have found that money can, if you if you don't manage it properly, or if you don't manage the situation properly, it can actually make things worse. Uh, money doesn't really buy happiness; uh, it can buy focus. Meaning that uh, I always say, money won't make you happy, but money can give you the day off work, so you can spend that time finding out what's gonna make you happy. Uh, or some couples, money can create a power imbalance. One person makes all the money, so they're they're bossing the other person around or engaging in various forms of financial abuse. I see my wife shaking her head. So I'm about to be quiet and let her take over the floor. Cause I know she's got a lot to say about that. Also, there are things that can happen with money, time conflicts, uh, people that make a lot of money sometimes work a lot. If you work a lot, then unfortunately what's happened is that your bank account grows, but your relationship bank account starts to actually dwindle. Your health bank account starts to dwindle. So a lot of people uh, don't understand that health is more important than wealth. So they will uh, ruin their health to go get the wealth and then they'll lose all their wealth trying to get their health back. And then also the, the relationships uh, can fall apart. You know, your kids aren't talking to you because they never saw you because you were working all the time or your wife was sleeping with the gardener or something because you were you were too busy to spend time with her. Uh, also, stress or lifestyle expectations, that also comes into play. Uh, financial stress, sometimes more money, more problems, like Diddy used to say back in the day. And then just lifestyle expectations. If you get with someone who expects a lifestyle at a certain level, then there is a lot of work that might be required to meet that. All right, I'm done talking. I know my wife has a lot to say about this. I'm going to let you just Pick wherever you want, because I can just see her licking, biting at the, what they licking, licking her chops or biting at the bit. I don't know what the right term would be, but I can see you ready to go. You rubbing your hands like bird, man. Right? No, I mean, are you I, finished? Are you done? Go ahead. You are. <laughs> I think that the biggest thing is money management. I think that couples don't manage the money. It could be you could be making $50,000 a year or $150,000 a year or $5 million a year. It doesn't matter. You do need to have a management plan because if you're not watching income and expenses, I mean, there are people who make a lot of money, but they're underwater. And I think a strong uh, family in terms of financial 
is a partnership. Everybody understands the financial status of the household and everybody knows where their money's going. And I do think you should make money decisions together. It doesn't matter who makes more money, that power differential, it doesn't matter. Both of you need to be able to have somewhat of a budget. I mean, there's never been able to figure out a budget. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm really good with money, but I don't, it's hard for me to have a budget, but have kind of like an outline of a budget and stick to it. Because mm. if you don't stick to it, there's resentment. And mm. I mean, again, you mess up the money because you didn't stick to the budget. You're messing up the whole household and you don't feel as connected. So that's important. And it damages your credit ratings. I mean, what is that going to mean? If you have a plan where you want to buy a house and you got to keep your credit score up and someone just keeps overspending on the credit cards and you can't pay it off, it damages your credit score. So the entire family can't move into a nicer house because you can't control yourself. But yeah, so I really do think it's a very dynamic process. You know, even if one partner is making more money than the other, that doesn't mean that you're more important because you make more money. And, you know, I've seen this happen with couples and I think it really hurts the dignity of the partner who makes less money. They feel like they're not able to contribute as much financially, so then they don't earn the right to have as much of a voice. So money, I think, can reflect a power imbalance in the relationship that I think should be handled and talked about. Um, what else? I think um, sometimes men fear that if they don't have enough money, they're just not even in a position where they even can be in a partnership. And so, you know, that's not, that's something that we need to think about. Um, why do we put so much value on a dollar amount? What's wrong with us, right? <laughs> um, and I do think that when you're dating, you do need to discuss finances. It's never too early to talk about money or even if you're thinking about dating somebody, I think it's important to pay attention to what they're doing. Like, you know, their relationship with money based on how they behave. Stories they tell about where they vacation and where they grew up. I mean, that tells you a lot about money and lifestyle expectations. You know, that's what's what's very important. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I think you have to pay attention to your potential partner and think about if there's similarities there. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that what she's really saying overall too, and I think we can agree on this is because just so you know, me and my wife will disagree sometimes and that's okay. I I prefer to see it as both and, not either or, meaning oh. that, you know, remember I I'm I'm sometimes I might come with the masculine, she might come with the feminine. I'm going to come in as a finance professor, she comes in as a social worker. You know, when I was getting my when I was studying finance, a, a lot of fi finance people tend to be more conservative where social workers are or, you know, you know, they're 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 in the, the space of where they can see things that maybe uh the capitalists that I that I got trained under can't see. And uh, and one thing I'll say is that um you know, to your point, it sounds to me like generally speaking, you're saying communication really is the key because uh to when you say that money does not matter, I see that as um I know that in our marriage it doesn't matter. Like I, I'm fully convinced my wife would love me if I you know, if, if, if I made $5 an hour right now, if, if suddenly I lost everything and I appreciate that about you. And that's, I think, based on a couple of things, one based on your value system, who you are as a person. And then number two, it's also based on, uh, 
uh, where where you are financially. I think if we're all starving, then it becomes a little bit of a harder thing to say money doesn't matter when you've got money, when you've got some resources around, right? And there are some people, though, maybe because of their experience growing up with financial anxiety, financial trauma, they just say, look, I don't want to be with a broke person. You know, I, I just I just don't want to. And, and and to me, this is why communication matters, because that's no different from uh, when, before you and I got together. Uh, I, I remember specifically, I did online dating one time, twenty over 20 something years ago. And there were a few women who emailed me back very politely who said, I'm sorry, but I don't date men under six feet tall. And some people would say, oh, that's shallow. What's wrong with you? I didn't see it that way. I said, well, I guess I'm not the guy for you. I'm the guy for the woman who appreciates a smart guy, for example. Uh, I'm not the guy for a woman who wants a tall man or whatever. So the same way a man has a right to say, I want to date a brunette or I want to, I want my woman to have curves or I want to be with somebody who can cook. I think people have a right to know what they want, but what I do think is communication is important. So you can know what the expectations are just like looking for a job. Some jobs may say, we need you to come in every day at nine o'clock. Some jobs will say you can come in whenever you want. So if you go to a job that expects you to come in every day at nine o'clock, but you didn't talk to them about that in advance. That's when you get the conflict. That's when you get the problems because problems tend to come from unmet expectations, which comes from a lack of communication. So, so my perspective on what you said, I'm not disagreeing with what you said. I'm saying that I think talking about it is important because I know personally in our marriage, I learned a lot about how you view money just by listening to you and watching you and hearing you. And, and believe me though, I, you know, I, there are, there's probably other women I could have married who maybe saw the world differently, just like there are other men you could have married who are different from me. Any thoughts? I mean, I think if you base your relationship on money only, it's not going to last because money ebbs and flows. So if things are tight, that person's out of there. If you base your relationship on how that person looks, what happens if they get into a car accident? Then the relationship is over because you're basing the relationship on that. If you base the relationship on, oh, let's be a power couple. Let's get out there and fake smile for the cameras <laughs> so that everybody thinks we have this perfect, powerful relationship as a power couple, then that relationship is not going to last. So it depends on, yes, money is important. I'm not going to say it isn't. But if you base your relationship on these superficial things, I call them low, low vibrational things, if I want to get into that you know, that's where the relationship falls apart. And if you base the relationship on love and communication and spiritual connections, you're never going to be broke. Mm -hmm. Well, you're you know, I, 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 I do agree with that, but I also think even spiritual connections can ebb and flow. You know, even, even if I like, even if I say, you know what, I don't care that my wife is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Uh, I just connect with her spiritually, which, which honestly would be a complete lie. Because the day I met you, I wrote in my journal, today I met the most beautiful woman in the world, right? And 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 would I have had the same reaction if you weren't as beautiful as you are? I can't say that. I can't be honest and say that I would have wanted to date you if you looked like um if you looked like uh, Ice Cube or something, right? So uh, you know, it's a, it would, or if you look like you know a gorilla, right? I I I can't say that I would have fallen in love with a gorilla. I would would have been friends with a gorilla, but I don't know if I would have fallen in love with one. Uh, so so the the point of the matter is fade. to say, thing is looks fade. They they do fade. They I don't do look fade. Like how I did. They they you, you don't, but 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 you look great. And 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 I and the thing is, you're right. There is an element of maturity that has to come into play to say. 
Okay, yeah, you know what? I maybe a woman says, I you know, I really wanted to marry a man who was wealthy and highly educated. He might not be wealthy one day. And 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 but at that point, I'm gonna have to dig in and really make sure I maintain my commitment. That's what commitment's all about, in my opinion, or part of it anyway. Uh, but still, I think that there's room for all of us without judgment to want what we want. I, I don't I, I just don't I think that we are too harsh on this idea to say money shouldn't matter. I, I think the, the only people I see that, that say money doesn't matter are people that have plenty of money to the point where money doesn't matter. But when you haven't had enough, money can really take over in terms of our value system, right? And and, um, and so well, actually before fun. before before I pass the ball back to you, babe, uh, let me let everybody know uh, that as a thank you for joining us, uh, we uh, we wanted to give you a free e-copy of that book, Financial Lovemaking. Uh, there is a survey link in the chat uh, that Chanel has pasted in here. I'm going to paste it in here again. And uh, wait, nope, that's not the right link. Chanel, can you paste that link? Thank you, Chanel. And uh, if you guys fill out that survey uh, to help us figure out how to really shape the Love and Money Lab, uh, we, we really want your feedback in terms of what you guys want, how we can help you. Then uh, at the end of the survey, you can get a free copy of the book, Financial Lovemaking. So that's a trade-off. You give us a little bit of insight into how we can best serve you, and, we, and you can have the book for free uh, as a thank you at the end. So that, And I want to put it in there now in case anybody leaves early uh, before we get done. So go ahead, babe. You want to respond? wanted to say, I mean, if if you're responsible and you and your mate can sit together and have these financial goals together, it makes the relationship stronger and secure. It makes you feel very comfortable and secure. And it it's so related to emotional connection, being able to be on the same page in terms of future goals financially. And when we're both working together for one financial goal, that's intimacy. That's a high level of intimacy because you know, without a doubt in your mind, I can trust this person not to be impulsive because impulsivity and immaturity is going to stop you from being able to meet your family needs and your family goals. And those who are immature get into a relationship. And if you're committed to it, you can actually grow in your relationship. You can say, you know what? I used to be really immature. I hear men and women say this. I used to be very immature. I used to never be accountable for my behaviors. I used to be like, whatever. Never, I ain't apologizing to nobody. But get married to somebody you love. You are able to really love can help you make the commitment that you need to become financially sound. So it goes together. It's all about the trust and commitment that's so important in relationships and money is interweaved throughout the whole thing. Okay. Well, you know, and, and, and that's, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the truth, you know, as a guy, um, I think we see relationships different from women. I, I like, like when I talk to my male friends, we talk about relationships. We don't really use that same language that women might use. We just don't, it's not to generalize a stereotype. We just don't, you know, we don't like, we don't really say, well, you know, the relationship is really about trust and commitment. And, you know, like, like that just, that isn't our, our love language. That isn't how me and my boys talk about our relationships. Now we might talk about things like, you know, um, as a father, it's very important for us to protect the kids. Uh, you know, I, I love my wife and I'm so happy to be married to my wife. Sometimes she gets on my nerves, but, 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 but you know what, um, this, this is the wife that I chose and this is what it means to be a man, right? We have our, we all have our different, um, our different uh, perceptions of how relationships are supposed to work. And I think there should be room for that, right? Where yeah. you can learn what the science says, 
in terms of best practices. Like I, I think what I learned the most from therapy uh, in talking to you a lot and talking to other therapists about just different approaches is that um, is that one of the big elements, one of the big keys to managing these situations is really to just know kind of how to respond to different situations, right? And, and or, or how to be proactive and reactive in a way that's beneficial to the relationship, how to view certain problems so they don't get too big and they don't become an issue, learning what that you what you must address, address and what you have to ignore. And uh, and then also really learning expectations that like, uh, I, I think I read somewhere about uh, uh, there was a, a guy who was saying that he studies his wife. And that's how he connects with her. And I said, that's a good idea. So I said, I'm going to study my wife. So I studied you. I studied the kids. I was I was their bonus dad. And I talked to the kids today. I gave them all, you know, I, I have two girls in the house. I gave them all the Valentine's Day gift when I gave you yours. And I, I let, you know, the oldest know. I said, you know, it's an honor to be your bonus dad. And I want you to know just it's really important that you are worthy of love. And it is my job to be here for you forever. And that is what I'm going to do. And uh, and and really forming those relationships and, and and maintaining them came from just studying everybody and just trying to understand where they're coming from. And I can just tell you, I know in our house, everybody's different. Everybody has different values. Everybody believes in different things. And, uh, and I think that's just universally true. No, no, I mean, I agree. I think, but you know, I will say that what a lot of men say, I'm going back to your other thing with men, what a lot of men say in relationships and what they say in my, what a lot of men say among each other and what they say in my office might be two different mm. things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 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 That, that's 100% true. I, for, for what I have seen, most guys, especially guys, you know, like, I, I don't know, who knows, maybe I, in a way I, I can, I have that tough guy side of me or whatever. There are things that I might tell a woman or a female therapist that I would not tell your boys because your boys don't care. Men just, you know, they they kind of care, but they they can only go so far because we're just built differently emotionally, and uh, and that's what makes women so great is establishing that balance because that that woman that that can nurture that nurturing ability that God gave you is is really powerful. So uh, so anyway, let me keep moving here. Let me let me move to the next one. Okay, so mistake number three. Uh, so first, so, so I hope we've concluded that money will not solve all relationship problems. Uh, I have seen examples where people thought that, uh, because they have plenty of money, everything's going to be okay. And, uh, when I wrote that book, financial lovemaking, I remember reading, or I remember interviewing a woman who said that she married a basketball player in college and he was going to the NBA and she felt that everything was going to be amazing. And they got married, had a couple of kids. And uh, unfortunately, like like the stereotype, he ended up doing a lot of whole lot of cheating. I mean, just really bad, disrespectful amounts of cheating that really caused significant problems. And uh, eventually uh, he stopped playing. And so that was even worse because that now he's depressed because he can't play sports anymore. And so he's engaging in even worse behavior. He has, he forms addictions and abuse starts to occur. And then she ends up at 38 years old, moving back in with her mother in New Jersey with two kids and no money trying to rebuild her whole entire life. Uh, and this is I, I heard I heard multiple stories like that. Uh, and uh, and so don't think that having money is going to solve the problem. It's really other forms of wealth, like the ability to make good decisions, uh, the ability to think long term. Those are forms of wealth that often get overlooked. And those are more sustainable ways uh, to build a healthy relationship financially and otherwise. Uh, the, the third mistake that a lot of us make, and I've made this mistake a lot, is not getting the help that you need. The, most of the problems that you run into, particularly in the areas of relationships and money, people have already solved those problems. They have. 
you know, it, people talk about the racial wealth gap, for example, like it's some unsolvable problem. No, we solved that in the black business school over a decade ago. It's easy. I know exactly if every black person in America did even 10% of what we said, they we would have more wealth than white people. Like literally the, the black people who do the things that we talk about have more money than white folks eventually. So, so so not getting the help you need is a great way to stay stagnant if that's what you want to do, because the answers don't all lie inside of you. So uh, one thing I'm, I'm a big fan of is are things like therapy. There are a lot of great therapists in your community that, that would love to help you. Uh, also, financial literacy training. I believe financial literacy should be a rite of passage in our community. Uh, that's the third commandment in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Also, I, I want to introduce you to a term that I discussed with you guys in financial consciousness training called asset management. Asset management is basically managing the managing an asset in your life. Well, what is an asset? An asset is a thing that you have that has value that allows you to get what you need. So it could be a car that you use to drive and deliver pizzas and you make money from driving the car. It could be a cow that you, where you pull milk from the cow every day and you sell the milk and you drink some and that helps you survive. It could be an apple tree. That where whenever you get hungry, you pull apples off the tree. So you have that asset. And so management of that asset means if I have the apple tree, I got to make sure it's taken care of. I don't want to kill the apple tree. If I have a cow, I got to make sure my cow is, is healthy and safe so the cow can keep producing milk. If I got a car, I take care of the car, right? I manage the asset. The better you manage an asset, the longer it will take care of you, the, the more it's going to take care of you. So your family is an asset. Your relationships are an asset. How many of us, when we talk about asset management, how many of you even, how many of us even regularly talk about family and relationships as, as part of your asset? Your health is an asset. If you're healthier and you have great relationships, well, you can get a whole lot more done. A healthy person can work harder and make more money. They can, a person with lots of relationships can get more done because they can pick up the phone and call people when they need money and stuff like that. Uh, so, so your, your, your college degree is an asset. All these things are assets. Your family is an asset. And, and so if you manage those assets properly, great things typically happen. If you, if you manage those assets poorly, well, now you're screwed. And one asset that gets managed very, very poorly is the black family. The black family is a multi-million dollar asset until it's not. Any asset that you manage poorly will not only not produce for you, it will actually destroy you. If I have a car that is an asset, it's one thing I could drive the car carefully, take good care of it, use it for all kinds of stuff, get great usage out of the car, make money from the car if I want to. I could also not do anything with the car. Maybe I just leave it in the garage and don't drive it. And then I get nothing from the asset. Same asset, different result, different management strategy. Give me a yes if you're following the analogy here. Or I could get really drunk, um, take off my glasses where I can't hardly see nothing, and get in the car and drive 200 miles an hour down the street with my eyes closed and drive in, drive, run, run over some people at a bus stop. And then, and then at that point, this asset, this powerful asset called a car has gone from being my greatest ally to my worst enemy. It's gone from being a great, a blessing in my life to being an absolute positive, complete curse. Do you understand? So circle back to family. Because I'm big on family. It, it, I'm talking. I'm not talking about just the people you're related to. I'm talking about anybody that you consider family. I believe you can build family, build a, do it like build a bear. Just build your family wherever you can. Uh, uh, when you talk about family, maximize that asset and manage it properly. 
learn how to manage those relationships learn how to delegate if you are a father or a mother learn how to be a good mother learn how to be a good father these should be things that are taught in school if you are a husband be a, the best husband you can be if you're a wife learn how to be a wife go study what it means to be a good wife to the to the man that you love so that you can create the kind of environment that you want because if you manage that asset properly i have seen so many families where they made millions of dollars together they have all the money in the world because they, they created a bond of loyalty. The Rothschild family. Anybody heard of the Rothschilds? How many of y'all, give me a yes if you know about the Rothschilds. There's lots of conspiracy theories that the Rothschilds run the world secretly and all that. I one day went online. Give me a yes if you've heard of the Rothschilds. I went online, babe, and I looked up the history of the Rothschild family. And do you know what the, you know where it came from? There was one Rothschild. This was the broke one. Every great family dynasty starts off with that with that broke person with a with a dream, and so a lot of y'all might be that person in your family. You, I, I can tell you, if you're taking in this stuff and you're feeling it, and you're, I want you to run with it because you might be the Rothschild for your. You might be the first Rothschild for your your dynasty. Your greatest story might not happen for another hundred years, and you might be the the beginning of that story. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for your kids. That's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for the top. We don't aim for the middle or the side. We aim for the top. So here's the deal. So in the 1700s, there was one Rothschild who was a broke guy who worked in textiles who decided he wanted to uh, start selling something related to uh, currency or something. He wanted to start this little precious metals business. And this first Rothschild, he his greatest asset in his life, you know what his greatest asset was? He had four sons. And he went to all four of his sons and he loved, he loved them and he took care of them and he nurtured them. He guided them. He taught them. And then he taught them that there's nothing more important in your life than to be a Rothschild. As a Rothschild, there's nothing more important than this family. You will be on cold with this family. And then he sent his four sons all throughout Europe to take the Rothschild name and set up banks and, and, and trading companies in different parts of Europe. And a hundred years later, they were running everything because they had a code of conduct. They were doing powernomics, European style, and they became one of the most powerful families in the world. This is common. Bernard Arnault, the richest man in the world, that's what he does with his family. He meets with his children once a month, sits them all down. They have a business meeting. He gave, he tells his daughter, okay, you, Tiffany is a $7 billion company. You're going to run that after I die. He tells his son, okay, we got Louis Vuitton over here. You're going to run that. He tells his other child, you're going to run Moet Hennessy, right? This is what you do, right? And, and, and the, here's the thing. You do this already on your job. You're already delegating on your job and managing people on your job and making strategies on your job. Give me, tell me if I'm if I'm telling the truth. On your job, you're already doing all of that. But for some reason, when we leave the job, we turn off the serious side of who we are. We we'll put all that we'll apply that whole master's degree to the job, but don't apply that master's degree when it comes to managing the family. Why? Well, because the job we see more so as an asset. We don't understand what we got at home. The gold is buried in your backyard, black people, and I just want you to go dig it up. I'm done. Babe, please. I've never even heard of asset management like that, so I, that makes sense to me. Thanks for explaining that. I'm, I'm, I've now learned something from you boys today. Yeah, I mean, I think to help manage some of these relationships, you do need an expert. I mean, even if you are a financial expert, suppose you have a PhD in finance or you just happen to really study the stock market. You still need to get an outside person to be more objective because there's nothing bothersome 
then am I right, boys? Then being married to a therapist and have me say, you're an adult child of abuse and neglect. What's wrong with you? He don't want to hear that from me. <laughs> you know, even though I'm an expert in it and I can recognize some of the signs like, oh my God, what's going on here? But it's a dynamic in the family and you sometimes need to get an objective person, even if someone in the family is a therapist, even if someone in the family just happens to be really knowledgeable about money and income, sometimes you need to have another person there to help manage that's outside of that because you know relationships are so emotionally charged. Money is emotionally charged. And so a great way to kind of keep that together <laughs> is to get an outside person who has no stake in the matter. Like my opinions, it's not, it's cloudy. Like I can't really be a therapist to my husband. <laughs> that, that would be unethical and it wouldn't even work because it's clouded by our relationship, the dynamic of our relationship. I do take a lot of money advice from voice, but I don't know his agenda. I'm sitting here like, well, where would you come up with from I'm questioning him because that's the intimacy because we're into we are in an intimate relationship and we're married I'm always going to be like hmm, what's that about and I can question I feel more comfortable questioning him because we're I'm quite familiar with each other so sometimes it's good to get an outside person to set up structures and that's really what we do is to give you sort of an outline a foundation something objective so that you all can take that back to your families and work through some of these things with, you know, our knowledge, because we're not in a relationship with you like that. So I'm not going to be colored by, I like you, I don't like you, you know, I'm not going to have my own agenda. My agenda is really just to help you guys to the best of my ability. <laughs> mm. Yep. I Well, you know what? And I agree. Um, I think that it's, um, that, that, that so much of this stuff keeps going back to that communication thing. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'll tell you, when you talk about uh, getting help, I would encourage you to sort of make yourself a student of the things that matter to you. Uh, education is best when it applies to things that are going to benefit your life. So um, uh, I personally believe the educational system is a little bit flawed in that way. Uh, I would, in my, in my view, when I think about things I want to learn now, uh, which lifetime learning is very important. I think about the things I'm trying to accomplish, things I want to understand that are going to help my life, right? So, so what do I need help with? Well, you know, I uh, being a father and being a husband takes work, so I study those things. Building a business takes work, so I study those things. So, study the things that are going to enhance your life and the lives of those around you. And there are plenty of people out here that can help you, uh, starting with uh, learning therapeutic techniques and financial literacy training. I think that's a great way to go. All right, so. Uh, so, so here's what I want to do. I'd like to introduce you guys to the love and money lab. Uh, give me a yes. If it's okay. If I spend uh, a few minutes, just, uh, sort of inviting you guys to join and letting you guys know what it is. Uh, I hope that you will consider joining us and hanging out with us. Uh, we we've done everything we can to make the offer as fair as possible. Uh, and so, uh, give me a yes. If you have enjoyed the conversation, if you benefited from this discussion, our goal is to add value to your life. That's the goal. And if we don't do that, then we don't deserve your attention. And also, uh, regardless of what happens here, 
Uh, if you fill out that, hit that little survey button link. If you just give us some data, give us some information, let us know how we can do things better. Uh, then you can get that e-copy of financial lovemaking once, once you're done and uh, that's yours for life. And also if you'd like to go through the black love and money challenge, you can do that as well. All right. So uh, the love and money lab is designed to use cutting edge research and proven scientific methods uh, to navigate all aspects of money and relationships. There's so many of us that struggle with that struggle with money. We struggle with relationships. We, st we struggle with money and relationships. It's great to sort of know how to merge those two. So, so uh, this would include uh, this could work for couples that are seeking to tie the knot at some point, even if you don't have your partner around, you're thinking about doing that one day. Uh, if you're seeking to maintain a healthy relationship with family, just uh, your cousins, your siblings, your children, uh, all these people can be assets to your life. Maintaining those relationships, knowing how to talk to each other, knowing how to work together can go a long way in achieving your goals. Uh, seeking to maintain healthy relationships with business partners. So if you have a business partner and you all get to the point where you're either thinking about trying to make money together or you are making money together, well, then that relationship becomes more of an asset and you really want to be very conscious, financially conscious about the implications of harming that relationship. Uh, we all know how to kind of kiss our boss's butt, but we, we never really learn how the importance of maintaining our relationship with the people in our lives that they might really have our back, really care about us and really help us to be successful. Uh, also, it's good for those who just believe in self-improvement. If you're so remember, your goal is not just to have great relationships. Your goal is to be a great person to have a relationship with. Right? That means showing up in, as your best self. I, I will tell you, I'll be honest, that's the number one reason why I did therapy. I didn't feel anxiety, depression, or any other uh problems. You know, mentally, I'm I'm a pretty mentally tough person. I, I meditate and I focus and I get revved up every day. My wife will tell you, she calls me the juggernaut because every day I get pumped up like a football player, ready to go out and do my best. Uh, so I didn't need, I didn't, I wasn't broken when I went to see my therapist. I just said, you know what? I know there's a dark side to being a juggernaut where sometimes you become a bull in a China shop and maybe you can end up harming people around you because your energy is so strong and you are so focused on your goal. Right. And I didn't want to be that guy either. So I said, I want to have self-awareness. I want to understand who I am, how I tick, why I do things, how I can be a better leader, how I can lead my, I have this audience of people that, that trust me and listen to me. I want to be the best I can be for them. I do not not want to show up as a half-baked, weak, punk, distracted Negro. How do I do that? And, and she helped me work through that, right? So if you believe in self-improvement, then this is for you also. So who's this not for? This is not for selfish people who don't want to get along with others. So if you think that the key to success in life is to be a prick and to be dismissive of other people uh, and all that other stuff, uh, to <laughs> carry yourself in a Kanye West-ish kind of way. <laughs> that was my little jab at him after our conversations. I, I hung up and I said, I, I don't think I want to talk to this guy anymore. He's kind of he's kind of full of himself and it's kind of tough to get along with people like that. I, I don't I don't dislike him. He's a nice person, kind of, but my lord, I said, gosh, I, I don't know, I don't know what we can really do together if you keep reminding me that you're more important than I am, because I don't think that's very nice. Uh and so so it's not for selfish people, it's not for those who believe that someone else is always the problem. If you're a person who does not take accountability, who cannot look in the mirror properly, this is not going to work for you either. Uh, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves. Everybody want, Everybody thinks that if, if this person changed or that person changed, or these people need to take accountability. Tell me if I'm right, babe. Tell me if you agree with that. Everybody online, give me a yes if you notice this, how there's so many people online talking about you need to take accountability. You need to take accountability. And the only people who are saying, who are not saying that they that, that they should take accountability are the people who are actually telling other people to take accountability. I think accountability starts at home. Yeah, Has anybody else noticed that? 
Yeah, they want to point the finger. They want to point yeah. the finger at everybody else. You need to take accountability. You need to take accountability. Well, if that keeps popping up for you, then you need to look and see why are you attracting that, first of all. So you do need to look at yourself. Like, God, why is all these people around me not, as far as I'm concerned, not owning up to their part in things? Well, you know, you know, it's so funny. Like, I work with couples that fight. And as soon as I can get them to be gentle with each other, tender with each other, all of their guards drop and they're able to say, you know what, I was wrong when I did number one, number two, number three. And then it softens and the other person says, okay, I was wrong because I did number one, number two, number three. But it's how you start the conversation and you shouldn't start it by pointing the finger at somebody about what they're not doing. You know, that doesn't work that way. Everybody wants these, it's almost like that saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. It's like, no, come on. You're going to have to kill off all of those things that doesn't serve you so that you can go to heaven right here. Heaven is here. Heaven is inside. You can create heaven around you. That's why everything in my office has a feng shui spot because I'm creating heaven right here. It ain't no mysterious place that I'm going to go to. It's heaven that I created. And when you discover who you are and you start to get in, in connection with who you are and growing who you are, being better, that's when you die off pieces of yourself that don't serve you anymore so that you can create heaven, not only in my little office, but I'm create, I'm, I want it to permeate between with everybody I come in contact with. Know thyself, accept thyself, be okay with who you are and doubt and insecurities and fear and all those things that's all tied to emotions and money and the people that we love, all of those things, they get in the way. That is what makes you stuck in your financial situation. It makes you stuck in your relationships where it just ain't getting anywhere. It's the doubts, it's the fears, it's the insecurities. That what needs to die so that you can create heaven for yourself because that is what God wants for you. But go ahead. That's right. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to Nobody die. Nobody wants to die. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so uh, it's not also uh, not for people that don't want to heal or don't want to self-improve. So it, so healing, I think, is incredibly important because as Black people, we go through a lot. And uh, I personally believe that healing is critical in the sense that it makes you show up just as a better human being in all your interactions. You react to things differently. You don't have a trauma response to everything. So uh, so what we what we decided to do was to do a, a six week love and money lab. Uh, we're going to meet every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday at 8. Now, the, the first one is going to be a session with Dr. Alicia. Uh, I'm going to meet with those of you that are in the Prime program, but I'm going to do an extra session that week. So you'll have uh, a double session. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to cover a few different things. Uh, number one, let me let me get back here. Here we go. We're going to cover uh, what we call Money Talk Mastery, which is a step-by-step -step plan to help you communicate your financial goals with one another, how to resolve conflicts in those goals, uh, how to, uh, whether you're talking about your business partner, your 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 siblings, your friends, your spouse, whoever, we're going to sort of help you with communication. There are ways to communicate. There are, uh, there are procedures you can follow that will minimize conflict, that will help you resolve conflicts, et cetera. We're also going to give you the Wealthy Family Master Plan. Now, my brother built an, an amazing master plan 
for black families that he presented at the all black national convention. And we're going to go through that and I'm going to add to it. And we're going to help develop a winning economic game plan that you can put together with your family. So uh, she's going to cover Alicia will cover everything related to having the healthy relationships you need in order to build that dynasty you're building, build that business or network with others to elevate your life. I'm going to come in with and, and make you into a financial ninja. I will break down uh, all kinds of things that will help you to understand your economics better, cooperative economics, see economics in a way you've never seen it before. Uh, and that's part of my job. And then also uh, we, we have something we call the passionate portfolio power play. The passionate portfolio power play or the PPP is basically a way to invest uh, in, in a way that builds your wealth while also building on your collective passions. One thing that people don't talk about when they talk about making money is they don't talk about the fact that you should be making money doing something that you love. That if you love what you're doing and you love it together, you can build your relationship, build your wealth, and it becomes amazing. You remember, remember how, uh, babe, when we went to, I don't remember where we were, but uh, we met those two young ladies from Austin that were two sisters. We were at the uh, Lamar Tyler Traffic Sales and Profit event, and I was a speaker there, and, and we met two sisters that were doing business together, and I got so excited for them because I said, you have no idea how much fun it's going to be working with your sister. It, you remember that? And, and that and that came from the fact that I had spent um, 16 years working with my brother and we're so much closer because we work together. And, and so the amount of value I got from having a stronger relationship with him exceeded any amount of money we made. And we made a lot, we made money. We, we, you know, it's so, so, so ultimately uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about something specific, a por passionate portfolio power play. This is trademark. This is what we have. We created this here in, in our lab because we can do that because we're professors. And and I'm going to break that down for you. Uh, also, there's going to be so much more. We're going to cover so much more stuff over the six weeks. And by the time you're done, you'll have a whole blueprint on your love and money plan. So here's what you get. Uh, here are a few things that we add into the bundle to make this a great value for you. Uh, number one, Dr. Alicia has has put, she did a whole training on drama-free communications, how to communicate with others that is in a way that minimizes the drama so you can maximize the benefit. She did a whole masterclass on this. All that's available to you uh, that has a certain value to it. Price point wise, we make everything affordable in the Black Business School. This is not like Syracuse University where my students pay $70,000 a year. Uh, we try to keep it things in a range of affordability. We raise money so that we can build the school, but we don't uh, we don't charge tens of thousands of dollars like some of these other programs do. That's we don't think that's necessary. Uh, we also go through uh, the secret. You get access to the secrets to the drama free family, which is something else that Alicia also did. Uh, so if you have drama in your family or you want to minimize that drama, there are specific scientific research based methods you can use to minimize that drama. Uh, third, how to have a drama-free marriage. So if you are married or you're thinking about getting married, uh, going through this training is beneficial. If you're going to get married to somebody, I would ask them to go through the training with you. And if they don't want to do it, then uh, that might mean that that could be that could be an issue that you may want to consider in choosing who you want to marry. You don't want to marry somebody who doesn't want to learn and grow. Also, we did something uh, a year ago called the Black Love Weekend where we brought together a bunch of experts to talk about every single thing that has to, that has to under the sun as it pertains to relationships. My wife led that, that effort and we saved everything and you can have access to all that instantly. And so that has a dollar ninety or $199 value. 
but really the value is much, much higher than that. Again, these are these are not even the prices I'm sure we could charge if we wanted to. And then also we have something we created called Ask Boyce and Alicia. So this is where you will, as a member of the, the Love and Money Lab, have the ability to leave us questions. We will get together on a video and we will answer your questions specifically to your specific situation. And we will make that part of the content. So we'll give you a link where you can leave the question on the Wufu form. We will answer the questions every single week. Uh, and then also you get access to the six week live uh, hot seat trainings that we want to do every single week. Uh, so uh, we said bi-weekly. Actually, it's not bi-weekly. It's actually going to be weekly. Did we, we decided to do weekly, right, babe? It's just six straight weeks every Tuesday. Okay, so every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., that's when we're going to meet, and it'll be both of us, and we're going to go through all of these things that I mentioned before, and then some. We're going to give you as much value as possible, answer every single question, help you work through every single situation, give you specific blueprints, give you access to books and materials that will help you to really nail this. If you are in a relationship, this is great for you. If you're not in a relationship, this is great to get you ready for a relationship. Also, the best part is that all of this is yours for life. You can have this forever. So when you meet Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful, whatever you're looking for, you'll, you'll be able to go back through this with them together. And we highly suggest that you do that. Uh, if you aren't thinking about relationships and all that, let's say you've been married or you just want to get along with your business partners. Well, everything that applies to keeping a healthy relationship it with a couple also applies with business partners or siblings or friends for the most part, a big chunk of it does. So, so all these techniques can apply for any relationship that adds value to your life. So if you would add up the value of everything, you would get a total of $2,094. That's the total value. Now, if you go to the website, the love and money lab.com, you'll see that the discounted tuition is $1,299 for the six week training. Okay. $1,299. So take 2,094, drop it down to 1299. That is the price that's listed there. So uh, one thing you can ask yourself is this. Would it be worth it if uh, you were able to build a business with family members and quit your job? Uh, I've seen this happen all the time. We have thousands of students who quit their jobs. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not as hard as you think. Would it be worth it if, if that were to happen? Uh, give me a yes or no. Would it be worth it if you were able to secure healthy relationships with the people you love? Let's just forget about the money part for a minute. Let's think about the value of having healthy interactions with people that you care about, being able to form bonds with your children, connect with your grandchildren, connect with your nieces and nephews, connect with your friends, connect with your business partners and have healthy bonds. Give me a yes or no if that would have value for you. Right. Uh, would it be worth it if you were able to break away from the pain of generational curses? I think that's a heavy one because a lot of us have gone through shit. Let's just say that a lot of us have just gone through stuff we shouldn't have had to go through. Uh, I know for me, my father, my biological father wasn't part of my life. Uh, I also dealt with some other things growing up. And there's just some stuff that I saw growing up that shouldn't be happening in anybody's family. Just things that I want to leave it in the past, curse it to the root, move forward and figure out how to be healthy. And so uh, I don't know about you, but I personally believe that uh, if I if I could have paid a little bit of money to get rid of those generational curses and make sure none of that gets passed down to the kids, uh, then I I would you know it would be worth it for me. I don't know about you guys, but but this is what the goal is. So so ask yourself this question: If any of those three things were true, would that be worth it? And uh, and so uh, also the, the other question is: What if it just reduced your emotional and financial stress? A lot of us have financial anxiety. Uh, how many of you know the feeling of 
just feeling financially insecure or or not knowing what to do financially or feeling financially frustrated and stressed or having financial confusion or whatever, just all the emotions that come with money. Uh, in the Prime program where we talk about uh, it's the passive recurring income machine, we talk about selling stock options and all that. We spend a lot of time talking about fear and greed and how that leads to bad financial choices and, and all that. Well, that stress is terrible. And here's the thing. When you are able to simply make more money, which is something I can help you with for sure in terms of building wealth and all that, you can get rid of some of that anxiety by just having more opportunities for yourself. Uh, two, you're doing that for your children. When you make a financial plan, you're helping your children avoid all that pain and, and discomfort that you went through. That's the, the that's the, the, the next thing. But then three, because I've got this beautiful therapist that I get to talk to every day, we get to bring in cutting edge research-based techniques to help you to just handle whatever you're you're dealing with, right? A lot of times it's about perspective. It's about having somebody in your ear that can tell you how to reframe the situation so that you don't feel the anxiety that comes, right? So uh, so that that tends to be the pain point. So here's what we offered uh, for 24 hours only. You, the price drops from $12.99 to $389.70. That is lifetime access, that is the price for 24 hours. So in fact, um, if you want to go right now, uh, our team can put the link in the chat. Uh, and uh, that's the best deal that we can offer you. That's an offer that's only going to exist for the next 24 hours. After 24 hours, tomorrow night at midnight, the offer disappears. It's done. Uh, that's, that's, that's what it is. So uh, this gives you lifetime access. And uh, even better than that, uh, for the first 10 people that sign up, so you may want to go ahead and sign up right away. The first 10 people to sign up can get a free 30-minute consultation with both me and Alicia. My hour-long consultations are $800 an hour. Uh, my 30-minute consultations are $500 an hour. But you wouldn't just get me. You also get me and my wife. And she charges hundreds, uh, two or $300 an hour. I can't remember the number. I guess what's babe, $250 an hour. So, uh, if you, uh, so the first 10 people to sign up. You can get a free 30-minute consultation directly with my wife and I, so you can bring your spouse. You can come by yourself. You can bring your kids if you want. You can bring grandma, whatever, whatever you, you can bring your business partners, whoever you want to bring. It'll be us on the Zoom. You can ask us any question. We will help you in every way that we can in a direct one-on-one -on -one framework. So that's a special bonus for the first 10 people to sign up. Oh, and one more thing, just as an add-on to sweeten the deal, it's buy one, get one free. So that means that if you sign up, and uh, somebody else in your household wants to also join, you can bring the whole freaking family and pay one membership and that's it. So one-time fee, yours for life. Uh, again, compared to college, in college, they charge $15,000 for one class. This is $389 for lifetime access to something that is specifically designed for you. We did not design this for the world. We designed this specifically for you because we've seen your survey results. We've seen what you're struggling with. And we want it to shape this in a way that's going to add value to your life. All right. So what do you do next if you want to join? Well, here's the URL. The URL is the love and T-H-E, the love and money lab.com. So if you go to the love and money lab.com, use the discount code black love 2024, all one word. So uh, again, if you want to be one of the first 10, you might want to go ahead and do that right now. Go to the love and money lab.com, all one word. Black love 2024 is the password that will drop your price from the 1299 to 38970. Again, the first 10 of you that sign up, the first 10 names we see will be the 10 people that Chanel will reach out to about the direct one-on-one -on -one consultation. And I am done talking and I'm out of breath. Babe, do you have anything to say? No, I'm just in the chat having fun with the people in the chat. 
So what's what's what what's happening in the chat? I just talking to Jason and Sydney. They're talking about what it's like being an entrepreneur. That's all. Okay. Okay. All right. So so yeah. So so what what did you say, babe? Shout out to Jason and Sydney. How y'all doing? Yes. Hey, Jason and Sydney. How you doing? All right. So Sean is asking, Doctor Boyce, do you believe in Jesus? Um, I do. I do believe in Jesus, but it's more so, um, it's not a matter of me feeling like, um, I, I believe in the possibility that Jesus may not have actually been a real person. I believe Jesus could have been an idea, but he's a very good idea. And I believe in the principles of, of Christianity. And I think when someone really operates and functions in that space, it makes them better for the world. So I'm a fan of Christianity. I'm a fan of Jesus in that way. So there we go. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this down. So somebody type all this in the chat, the love and money lab.com. The discount code is black love 2024. And what we're going to do is, is, uh, oh, the offer ends tomorrow night at midnight. And so I'm going to ask, does anybody have any questions? So I'm going to take this down. Uh, does anybody have any questions about the offer or, uh, or the training or anything, anything we can offer that can help you? Uh, thank you. I see someone says invaluable stuff. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you guys uh, like it. And also the uh, link to the survey uh, that you can fill out, whether you whether you sign up or not, we'd love for everyone to fill out the survey to tell us how we can structure this thing in a way that's going to maximize the value that we add for you. And we, we really want to impress you enough to get you to want to hang out with us because uh, the, the goal of the Love and Money Lab is to take cutting edge techniques, apply them properly, come up with frameworks to apply them directly, simple step-by-step -step processes that we can apply to to not ruin our lives. Uh, you know, divorce rates are, are through the roof. Families are breaking up all the time. Businesses are falling apart because we we get we get into fights all the time. And and so ultimately, um, you know, this is something that we have to fix. Now, Jeanette is, is asking, can we extend the discount? Uh gosh, you know, I wish we could. Um, but this is we because we we've stated that it's 20, it's 24 hour discount. We can't extend that. The the $12.99 actually is a discount off the full price already. So it's really a discount on top of a discount. Uh, but those who, of you that are prime members, uh, if you reach out, we can figure something out with you. So if you have any questions or any issues at all, uh, you can email support at the black business school.com uh, support at the black business school.com. So uh, Alicia, did you have something to say? I know I did a lot of talking just now. This is about healing. This is about identifying areas that's stopping you from growing. And once you find out what those blocks are, it's a process that, you know, but that I put together to really help you kind of deconstruct all of this so that you can reconstruct a better healed individual. Because unhealed traumatized individuals will traumatize people around them and they don't know it. I mean, think about what parents do to children they love their kids to death. They don't really mean to pass on a lot of the intergenerational things and pass it on to their kids, but they don't know. Sometimes people don't know any better. They're like, I'm doing what my mom did to me and what my dad did to me. And a lot of it works, but this is a great way to be able to identify what is not working. Why am I not getting the things that I need? Why am I stuck here? Why am I making these mistakes? Why am I so uncomfortable having a basic conversation with my spouse about money, about budgeting? Why is there so much emotion tied to this? Why do I break out in tears every time, even though I have plenty of money in the bank? 
why am I still walking around like I don't have enough? Because I'm afraid that one day some catastrophe is going to happen and I'm going to be stuck. Like, why do you continue with those fears? And that's where the, that's when you know that you need to heal. So I think for me, this love and money lab is a lab where we can deconstruct, get into some of the things that's making you stagnant so that you can kind of break through that and have some insights into yourself. There's some unknown unknowns about yourself. And I, that's my goal is to try to get you to just unleash whatever it takes so that you can be the best entrepreneur. You can be the best husband, the best wife, the best father and mother and daughter, the best you can be and be comfortable in your skin and comfortable with who you are. So you can walk around confident. Why not? You know, mm. that's how I feel. Well, I, I like that. I agree. Um, now, Sydney Green is asking, let's see, he says, our community is lucky to have you. Thank you, Sydney, for saying that. Um, he represents Good Vibes Transportation LLC. This may be off topic, but do you guys have any resources for small business owners looking for black investors? I'm looking to expand my business. Well, you know what, Sydney? We don't actually um, bring investors together uh, with businesses just for liability reasons. Um, you know, I, I, in fact, I got to the point where I, I, I couldn't actually even bring people even on my podcast that were looking for investors because that would open me up to, you know, accusations if, if something doesn't go right with the business. Right. So I have to be really careful about that. Um, what I will say though, is in a private setting, it's easier to have those conversations. And so one of the things we are going to do in the black business school is I am going to create uh, uh, a, a wealth and income network uh, and wealth and income mastermind uh, now it does have a price point, uh, but it's 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 meant for serious investors that want to talk about wealth and income strategies, starting specifically with stock options. There's just so much great stuff <laughs> that can be done with stock options. I make a lot of money from stock options, but then also uh, one of the other things that can happen within that mastermind is that you will be around people that have a you know have some means uh, that are willing to invest, and if you put together the contract and the right offer, they might be willing to consider. Uh, partnering with you. So that's something, that's the closest thing we have in place at this point. Uh, let's see. Okay. So Veronica is asking, shall a spouse complete IRS form 8379? Well, you know, Veronica, uh, I, that's a tax question and I'm not really, uh, that's something that's better fit for a tax expert. From what I understand, the 8379 form has to do with uh, getting joint refunds or something like that. Uh, and so I would talk to a tax specialist about that. Now, babe, I want, I'm going to let you uh, have the mic for a minute because I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. So um, uh, now let me let, let's let me pull up a question that uh, Ginger's asking, how do you handle when a couple lives with their finances separately? Um, is that the question? So I think maybe Ginger, maybe Ginger's asking how to, uh, what uh, should couples have separate finances? So, Ginger, if you if you want to um, clarify your question, feel free to do that. Uh, but but what about the whole concept, the whole conversation about separating finances or merging them? I'll let you answer that and I'm gonna run to the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of your finances, um, you could either do it separate or you can have everything together or you can decide here are some here's some ways in which we're going to combine our money, maybe a joint checking account. And then we're going to have our own checking account. So those are three different ways of doing it. Honestly, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Um, but 
The only thing that matters is to make sure that everybody's comfortable and everybody's knowledgeable about finances. So if you are married to somebody, you're the first of kin. It's, it's not your children. It's not your parents. Your spouse is your first of kin. So if something happens, does your spouse know what's going on? You know, so I think even if you have separate finances, I think you need to strategize and have a conversation about what are the passwords? Where is money located? <laughs> I, um, I do contract work with hospice and I talk with families all the time about their loved ones and decisions that they make and um, making sure that we need to plan for the inevitable here in, with this hospice situation. And it's a great way in which people need to start opening up and being very transparent about money because it is expensive to take care of somebody. So if in individuals who aren't able to plan properly with their money because they're not letting anybody know what, what they're doing and they're working independently, um, when it comes time to make these joint decisions, um, it becomes really devastating to a lot of families who have to put you know, the, their spouse into a nursing home situation. And those are very expensive. So, I mean, I just think for long-term planning, immediate planning, you can have separate finances as long as the other person knows where to find it and knows what the situation is and it feels fair. It shouldn't be one, everything shouldn't be burdened onto one person. Um, I think that you should share in the planning and share in the responsibilities those, um, that's sort of like an outline, but having separate finances is perfectly fine as long as everybody's agreeable to that sort of scenario. Yeah, I, I would almost say that uh, that's where that word communication comes into play because everything's based on expectations. Uh, if you are, uh, if you are in a situation where your expectations are not met, I think a lot of times it comes back to uh, communication. Uh, I, I've seen couples that have done the whole joint finances thing. And then I've seen couples that uh, believe in his and hers and, and all that good stuff. And I've seen it work in, in all those situations. Uh, did I remove myself from the screen? No. Are you able to hear me? I can hear you and see you perfectly. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I hit, I hit a button. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I've seen couples that have done both things. Uh, I've seen some couples that have his, hers and ours. Oh. Uh, that, that That's a model. And really, it's just talking about it, right? And here's the thing, too: if you're separate, then you probably have to talk more than if you're if you're together. Because, like she said, you know, one thing that people don't talk about is uh, if some imagine. I want you to stop for a minute. Let's do a financial consciousness exercise. This is what we do every morning at financial consciousness training. And Matt, take pick, think of somebody in your life who is um, important to you, uh, especially from a financial standpoint, who does things for you, take, maybe they help take care of you. Maybe they pay certain bills in your house, or they're just somebody you talk to on a daily basis or whatever. Right. And I, I want you to imagine if that person was gone right now, like just, you know, the grim reaper just shows up in, cause they don't make a, the grim reaper sometimes doesn't make an appointment. He just shows up and the person's gone. Would you know how to get access to their bank account? Would you know how to get access to anything? Would you be able to get, let's say that they were paying the rent. Would you know how to go to the bank and even get the money out to pay the rent that might be due next month or, or in a couple of weeks? Uh, and a lot of people don't think about that. 
So that communication piece, maybe having like a meeting once every six months or something to kind of go through <laughs> some of that stuff could be important. Uh, I know in a lot of bank accounts and investment accounts, you can put the next of kin so that those assets can be transferred uh, without there being um, any sort of probate process. Uh, I remember when Kevin Samuels died suddenly uh, for a long time, his YouTube channel wasn't being used by anybody. I don't know if anybody else eventually got in there and started using it. But people don't understand his YouTube channel was a multi-million dollar asset. That man's videos were generating. I bet you his channel was generating fifty thousand a month or, or or something like that. So uh, you got to just kind of be ready for that and think about these things and think about. I call it a stress test. Just kind of thinking about like, okay, who's the next to Ken? Who's supposed to get what? Uh, estate planning is really important for that, etc. Now, what I want to do is I want to uh, congratulate. A couple of you who signed up, Cheryl Clark, uh, congratulations to you. Um, let me see here. I'm looking here to see who else is in here. Uh, so, so Cheryl, I think you're in the first ten. I, I can't, I can't confirm that for sure, but I think you, I think you are. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, who else? Uh, I see Miss Cole. Congratulations to you as well, and I look forward to seeing you got you, you all in class. Uh, all right, so let's uh, look at another question here. Um, okay, communication is huge. Have the same values and morals, says Angelina. Absolutely true. Uh, Diane Butts says, our race is suffering from post-traumatic slave syndrome. As a result, it was available. I heard from a bishop that there are 70 women to one men, one man. This is a serious disconnect between finding a man who is gainfully employed. Black men like Usher marry non-black women at 66 years old. I have not found someone who even attended the all-black national convention. Okay, all he wanted was to use me because he thought I was a millionaire. How do we compete getting getting someone when the odds are against us? What do you think of what do you have a thought for Diane's question, Alicia? No, I mean, well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that it, sometimes it is tough. Sometimes um, the odds are against you. And, um, you know, those those sorts of things you can't control. You can't control that. But what you can control is making sure that you still maintain standards just because you have this perception that there's a limited number, it doesn't mean that there's sort of scarcity and you have to just take whatever whatever is given to you. I mean, I think part of it is um, is is just understanding that reality. Um, get get out there, start meeting new people, and um, you know this is a whole globe of black people all over the globe. <laughs> you know, so if you're interested, let people know that you're interested. Um, go to soirees and places where you can mingle with individuals, like-minded individuals, and really just put yourself out there. And don't let the this scarcity sort of mindset get into your head so much where you're starting to put off this sort of attitude that, oh Lord, you know, this sort of desperate sort of feeling. Just relax and just set your intentions. I just want to have fun and see what comes your way. So I really, I don't think, um, I don't think it should stop you from looking for love. I think that um, there, um, I like to, I like to, um, I like to go forward in life with an abundance mindset, even though they always like to tell you there's a lack thereof. I don't know. I think, I think it is a reality, but I also don't think it should be something that should cripple you so that you don't feel like, well, what's the point of even getting myself out there? I'm not going to find anybody. That attitude won't help you either. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's, um, I think that you can have scarcity or abundance 
depending on how you limit your search. You know, I'm not saying people shouldn't date or should date a certain group or not date a certain group. I, I don't feel qualified to say that. I can only say for sure that uh, every single study shows that amongst the African-American community, The Economist wrote an article stating that uh, for every one percentage increase in the incarceration rate since the 1990s, uh, there's been a 2% increase in the percentage of black women that aren't married. And so what it basically does is it creates an it's it's tough to get somebody to commit to marriage if they don't see the value in it. Uh, broken families breed more broken families. So if you didn't really value marriage growing up and you never saw anybody do it, it might be a little bit tougher to get that person to even see why they would even go through the trouble of doing it. So I would really just say generally, if you want to get married, I would date people who want to get married too. like just find people that have the same goal that you have. So uh, that might mean a black American person. It might mean a black person from another country. And it is none of my business. It might mean a person who's not black. I'm not here. To, I really don't judge that at all. I have people in my family who married outside their race and are very happy actually. And I'd rather be happy. I'd rather see someone happy uh, dating someone who loves them than to feel like they have to be stuck with a certain group and be mistreated. Now, if they're going to be treated well within that group, then that's good. But it, I, I think if you're abused, all bets are off. You know, I, I just uh, that's just what I believe. You know, so uh, so these are the realities that we're dealing with. And, and I encourage you to solve that problem whatever way you can. Uh, Mariana says, can this be useful for a single young person uh, by by themselves providing for others? Yes, absolutely. In fact, if you're young, it's really good for you, I think. I think learning how to manage relationships early and because if you're young, you don't know what you don't know what the next 20 years is going to hold for you. Uh, so getting ready by doing the work now. Uh, I wish I knew this stuff when I was 25, 26. I would have avoided a lot of mistakes. Uh, Ginger asked, Dr. Alicia, do you take insurance? Uh, it depends. <laughs> I do have an MPI number. Um, across the board, I don't take insurance. But um, but again, it just depends on the situation because I. I've been able to take insurance, but it all just depends. You'd have to reach out to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what day does it begin again? Well, you know, I'm sorry I didn't mention the date. We start next Tuesday. So uh, today is Tuesday the 13th. We start on Tuesday the 20th. And uh, so you're going to meet with Dr. Alicia that night uh, at 8 p.m. And then uh, also I'm going to schedule a date with you all the same week, uh, perhaps that Thursday. Uh, you'll get an email from me uh, to letting you guys know. And also the other thing I'd like to ask you if you could do this for me is uh, whether you sign up or not, if you could fill out the survey, that would help us uh, so that if you did choose not to sign up, we'd like to know why we'd like to learn uh, what we can do to impress you enough to get you to want to join us. Uh, maybe we didn't hit the mark for some of you. Uh, hopefully we did. We did our absolute best. So the survey is in the chat. And also as a thank you for filling out the survey, you can have a free e-copy of my book, uh, Financial Lovemaking. So that that would come to you right when the survey is done. Uh, next question. Can you, okay, sorry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ginger says your mate makes major financial decisions without your input. Ah, what? what how would you respond to that, Dr. Alicia? Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about that Um in um in our love and money lab about getting to know your mate and their style they're just there are just people who have well-meaning intentions they're not trying to be you know vicious they're not trying to go, go behind your back and do things they just there are people that are just so accustomed to just making decisions solo that sometimes they don't even think to ask you first 
you know, it's not like they're trying to get over on you. It's just like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So that's part of getting to know your partner and setting expectations. Um, and, and that's why people make decisions independently. They're thinking, you know, I never even thought it would affect you. Well, this is a wonderful opportunity in a conflict to have a conversation. Because remember, money conversations is not really about money. It is about fears, it's about desires, and it's about dreams. And it's mm -hmm. about what you want in life. That's the that's really what it's about because money is an avenue to help you get where you need to be. So if you have one person that's a maverick running off doing all of these things, then that tells us, okay, we're not on the same page with expectations in terms of how we spend money. What's the limit of spending money where you need to say, you know what, that goes above the limit. Let me call my spouse first. Nobody is going to look at you like you crazy. If they say, oh, I got to talk to my wife first about that. No one's going to shame you. And if they do, those aren't your friends. But most people respect marriages. <laughs> and so, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Talk to your husband about that first before you get into it. That makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity to get to know each other better. So when you notice these things and it bothers you, that's when you have a conversation about why that bothered you. Um, what are expectations? Maybe there wasn't enough explicit conversations in terms of expectations. Now, if you have these expectations and the person keeps breaking it, then that's an issue with trust and commitment. So that's okay. my answer voice. <laughs> All right. No problem. Uh, okay. So when's the course start? Uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, Tuesday the 20th. Is it necessary to begin on that date since we get lifetime access? You know what? The live sessions are all recorded. They're all recorded. So if you can't make a live session, that's okay. You can have the recording. So, uh, so uh, everything is is yours. Um, everything that we uh, we 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 do, we're gonna record it. And uh, what I'm gonna do is answer a couple more questions, or, or and then we're gonna bounce on out of here. We've been here for a couple hours. Uh, Esperanza says I filled out the survey. Well, thank you. Uh, that's gonna give us good information in terms of how we can serve you. Uh, Marsha Mar says, I cannot afford your workshop at this time. Will you offer it again sometime this year? Uh, at the very least, Marsha, we I, live it's, you know, Alicia's schedule is, is pretty heavy. So I don't want, I don't want to put too much on her. However, uh, I will solicit and see if she'll, she'd be willing to try it again later, uh, depending on how, we, if, if we do it right this time, because, you know, this is a new thing. Um, but, uh, also the recording, what we do, what we do, we're going to record. So what we can do is for sure, make sure that the recording is available to you, uh, later on, if you can't sign up this time, uh, let's see, Ginger, uh, I receive a pension. I'm on a budget. Please keep in mind that some are on a fixed income. Absolutely. We do. And so, uh, what we can probably do is maybe if you email support at the black maybe we can figure out a payment plan or something like that. Uh, so, um, so you, let us know how we can help. And, uh, if you fill out that survey, that'll tell us what's going on, uh, in terms of what we can do for you. And so, um, uh, and also don't forget that you can get Dr. Alicia's books. Uh, there's a link that Chanel put in the chat where you can take a look at her books and uh, get access to her workbooks and things like that. So it's not to say that this is a be all end all, but this is kind of the new thing that we're doing. And uh, if any of you want to join us in that mastermind, you're certainly welcome to do that. All right. So what I'm going to do is let my wife get the last word in before we get out of here. Just, I think that's a marriage tip. Let your wife get the last word in. That's going to work, work for you. So what, what do you, what are your thoughts, babe? How would you like to close this out? Healthy relationships around you 
it tells you that you don't have to suffer alone. There's an interdependence there. So, like, I don't know if I know Boyce Talk shared this story where um, he lost his wallet when we were on our way to Las Vegas and he was freaking out. And I was like, babe, I'm like, it's okay. I got my wallet. I'll take care of us for the weekend. And he was just kind of like, what? I said, get in the car. We got a plane to catch. Let's go. I got you. And there's something about that that says you don't have to suffer alone financially. And I, I hope that that brought comfort to Boyce to know that, you know, the fundamental nature of being in a committed, healthy relationship, I try to keep it as healthy as possible, is knowing that there's an interdependence that we can count on each other. It's not just one person doing everything. We're all interdependent. And that's how we are with our families. It's, you know, it's, it's making sure that you're not alone in this world. And mm. I think that's what's important with love and money, how it comes together so closely the intimacy that you have to have with somebody to be like i got you you're okay you can count on me <laughs> i mm -hmm. have to let you down yeah well you know what i, I agree 100 percent. i mean i think that it's um you know it, it, uh, in, in case you want to know what happened we went to las vegas and i realized after we left for the airport that i forgot my wallet and we couldn't find it anywhere and it was very uh, I felt very vulnerable having to go to the airport without credit cards or my driver's license. And I had my passport. That's what I use for ID. And then to make it even worse, when I got to Vegas, my friend Demario Solomon Simmons, he's a lawyer out of uh, Tulsa. He he bumped into me because he saw me. So he kind of bumped my shoulder because I was looking at my phone and it knocked my phone out of my hand and my phone broke. So I then had no wallet and no phone. I had no ID, no credit cards, no 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 phone, no nothing. So I had to borrow my wife's phone. I had to take her her that remember the baby you gave me a little purse with your credit cards in it, and I had to go find the Verizon store. And uh, and and I'm gonna tell you, I appreciate the fact that you were there to have my back. And I think that was one of those moments where you say, okay, it's good. You know this this thing called life ain't easy, and it's easier to get through it if you got somebody got a teammate. So uh, I encourage you to uh, find good teammates, be a good teammate, know how to identify a quality teammate and uh, and make the team uh, work the best that it can. Because remember, those relationships are an asset. And I encourage you to remember that term asset management. So, uh, babe, you are an asset to my life. And I, I just want to wish happy Valentine's Day to you and to just say that uh, I not only love you, but I appreciate you and and care about you. So thank you so much for everything. Oh, he's so sweet, boys. I appreciate it. And I love you, too. And I got your gift for tomorrow. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> she she got me a MetaQuest three for Christmas, and I ain't I haven't stopped using that thing. That thing is a blast. So I can't wait to see my Valentine's Day gift. All right. So everybody, uh, take have a good night. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, the link uh to uh, do the survey is in the chat. Again, the reward for doing the survey, the, the thank you is a free e copy of my book Financial Lovemaking. If you could please give us feedback, let us know uh what we can do better, how we can make this uh, training uh the best it can be. Uh, also, uh, if you haven't done so yet, uh, text the word stock to 87948 so you can get profit alerts and things like that of stocks that I like. I want to help you out financially because also what I'm going to do is I'm going to send the last chance link for those of you that want that have to think about it. Maybe you got to talk to your partner about joining the Love and Money Lab and there's a money back guarantee. So if you're not happy for any reason, then we will give you your money back and uh, everything's for life. And so I hope you guys will join us. I think you're going to really get a tremendous amount of value from that. I know you will. So uh, take care, everybody and have a good night. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.